0: Now approaching. Junction at platform. Passengers. Airport, please stay on board. Next stop, road station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature?
2: Welcome to the Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this week I'm joined by Paddy Barkley, Tony Evans, and from the far reaches of Barnes in West London, Mr. Matt Tickinson. This week our featured games are West Bromby Manchester United, as United remain undefeated, and Liverpool's dramatic comeback to win at home against Bolton. We'll have our usual quick hits feature, and in the debate, we'll be looking forward to 2011 with our panel's hopes for the new year. So please stick with us for the next 35 minutes or so. So this week we're going to start with Manchester United and West Bromwich Albion. Now, um, this game, lunchtime Saturday, and you tuned in, and, and if you watched the first half, Tony, I, I kind of get the sense that you're sort of wondering who was playing who and did they swap shirts or something, because I, I, I thought you know, West Brom completely overran them in midfield, and, and and it seemed as if United didn't realize that you know the new year and the new season uh, had begun.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was difficult for them in the first half. Um, you know, West Brom are a good side. They play good football and, you know, they put them under a lot of pressure. I mean, what does Gary Neville have to do to get sent off? I mean, that's a big question. But, you know, the, the hallmark of title-winning sides and good sides, and I won't say great sides, is that they win when they shouldn't. And, you know, Ferguson, who is clearly a great manager, you know, without a great side, has got the mindset at United perfect. You know, they think they're going to win. They hang on, and they win, and you know, you, you've got to see, fair place to them.
2: Paddy, you, you've read a book about um, Sir Alex, and, and I find it incredible. I mean, he, the, the, the guy just turned uh, uh, 69, and, mm. and he still does little things that surprise you, and he, it seems, again, it's one of those things that seems obvious with hindsight, but mm. making the change, moving Rooney from from up front to the wing, mm. um, to, 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 to try and, and, and stop the fact that they just couldn't get the ball in midfield, it I mean, is, is this one of the things that yeah. makes him a bit special, a bit different? I, I can't imagine too many other managers. I mean, again, with hindsight, it's easy. Anybody could does that. Mm. But you know, I'm trying to remember the, the last time. I'm not picking on him. You know, I saw no, Steve I've, Bruce I, or Tony Pulis do something like that.
3: I think good managers do, don't stick to their guns. Um, people who don't... I, I, I always think this applies to people in a lot of walks of life. Uh, people who don't change are weak. The strong people vacillate. And I think that uh, Ferguson's a perfect example of this. Um, Wenger as well. You know, he'll change the shape of, if he's losing late in a game, change the shape of his team completely. Um, Ferguson, I've seen him change the tactics at halftime or even before halftime. Uh, I saw him once, oh, many years ago, take off. It was over Mars was giving one of his right backs a terrible going over, so he changed right backs, you know, after about half an hour of a game. Um, so this, yeah, this it's definitely a, a mark of him, and it and it's part of the reason why why Manchester United under him have been successful. One of many, of course.
2: Um, Manchester United are undefeated this season. Statistically, this is. You know the worst United team in, in in five or six years. They've with this West Brom um, victory that uh, they're on pace now to win four away games this season, which would be their, their lowest total I think in more than 20 years. Um, and yet there they are. And I mean, Tony, we were talking about this before. Who for United this season has been both consistently present? and very productive in other words who's had a great season for United this year
0: I don't think anyone's had a great season but I think they've had uh, there's quite a few of them who've had better than average seasons or you know it's uh, I, I I don't such think such as well I mean I think uh, Fletcher has had a reasonable season I think um, Ever hasn't been at his best but he's a quality player I mean I think the centre-earths have, have been a bit iffy but you know Nanny he's yeah, he's you know he, he's had good games, you know. But I mean, th- th- that's the point. This is not a United side that's bristling with talent that's going to roll over people. What they're doing, they're, they're doing things efficiently. They're winning games, perhaps that they shouldn't, and they're taking advantage of a dropping standards at the top of the division. And you know, and, and they're going to go on by the looks of it and win the league. And it's really the force of Ferguson's personality. He's he's, <coughs> he's bred this winning instinct into this team, and he's used the older play you know sort of who come through on better sides to help convey this to the younger players. In many ways it could well be Ferguson's finest achievement to win the league with a side like this.
4: And obviously, and obviously, Tony will have been totting up how many championships that will be for Man United this season. Oh, don't,
0: well, I mean, I I actually considered calling in sick on the first of January and coming <laughs> back in I don't know maybe uh, mid 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 August.
4: It's funny, I mean, it, and that is a small, you know, I mean, ultimately, it won't be the difference between the winning and losing it, and and you could argue that to Nanny to Anderson, to Oberton it will mean absolutely, um, you know, diddly squat, but actually. To, to, to enough of them in that dressing room, and certainly to Ferguson, it, it's there as a as another motivating factor. There's no doubt about it. Overtaking Liverpool is is another motivating factor.
2: Um, word on Wayne Rooney, who finally scores from open play. I think his last goal was was in March in the opening minute against Bayern Munich. Um, he has been playing better despite not scoring recently. I guess this is the point where we all play psychologists and read his mind from a, from a distance mm-hmm. and uh, answer definitively. Whether he's turned the corner. Paddy?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's turned the corner, but I certainly don't think. I think that football is uh, an interesting trend in analysis of football over the last two years. Is it's become much more American, you know, much more statistical. Uh, statistics mean uh, individual statistics mean absolutely nothing in football. If Dimitar Berbatov scores <clears throat> two goals and Chicharito scores two goals, in every game from now on, Rooney doesn't hit the net till the end of the season. Manchester United win the league. That doesn't—not a problem for anybody, least of all Rooney. One final word on, on West Brom.
2: I mean, you know, we we we've praised the praised this legacy of, of passing a movement, which goes back to Tony Mowbray. Um, I, I'm struck by another thing. You know, that we have this stereotype of English players being being a certain way. That even when they're skilled players, are sort of head-down wingers, and but. I look at this, and in Brunt, in Dorans, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Morrison, yeah. they, they mm-hmm. don't fit this old lazy stereotype that uh, we on the continent throw around. And, and I think there's a whole class mm-hmm. of, of players who maybe aren't, you know, sort of top, top-tier players. But well, wh- how did this happen? Like, were these guys taught technique uh, at a young age? Uh, I thought that didn't happen because nobody played small-sided games and it was always all 11-11. I mean, wh-
3: are these guys freaks? I think coaching has become much more homogenous. I mean, African players play more European now, so it's quite natural that British players should play more like French. and so French, is good. And French more like British. I mean, the game has become... I, I think a lot of uh, French people would say that the pre- footballers they're producing are too physical now. And a lot of uh, British people would say what you're now saying. We, you haven't mentioned little Barry Bannon, you know. I mean, Scotland, which was supposed to be a desert, now has, if you include Charlie Adams, some of the most attractive midfield players in, in the Premier in the Mid- middle reaches of the Premier League in England. So, I mean, the the game has become more homogenous and the correct cliches about the failings of the English game are gradually becoming less apparent as 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 uh, as we exchange coaching I'd love I'd love to believe that we you know would see a return to
0: to skill and talents but power and pace I'm afraid will continue to hold sway as long as they win things yeah, So well, could, Barcelona
3: could, are the best team in the world and, and and they they're little guys you know
2: I mean Dickel, could Doran Brunt and Morrison like could these guys exist in in on on another Premier League team that isn't West Brom? I mean, in, in the sense that, obviously, yeah, they could play for Arsenal, but they probably wouldn't be good enough. But could they exist on another sort of, you know, Premier League bottom 10 team?
4: Uh, I, th- I think so. I mean, I think there's enough managers out there who are, you know, trying to be reasonably progressive. I mean, I, I can take I, – I understand Tony's scepticism, and I still have to say just wince when I um, – you know, you hear fans still uh, in England cheering all sorts of the wrong things. I mean, I, 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 I'm still – flabbergasted by the, and you see a, dif- a center half charging back and sort of heading the ball back to a keeper in, in a uh, the sprint and people still clap it i mean it's it's just insane beyond belief I and mean, we must be the only country that does that um and there is you know I, I i'm probably in the middle of the two guys on this i think that i think the culture is changing um but um you know it's not a five or even a ten year thing it's a 20 and 30 years um mm. Uh, it's and it's and we're only part way into that process <laughs> Moving
2: on now to uh, events at, uh, at Anfield. Um, it looked very bleak. Well, it was it was sort of a, a bleak holiday period for uh, for Roy Hodgson and for for Liverpool supporters. Um, they played Bolton, a, a good fo- footballing side. Uh, Gerrard doesn't start. Comes on after twenty minutes. I, I thought he it just isn't his side. I thought the ball he he laid on for Torres over the top, and we can say it's a low percentage ball. But you know, he seems to do it more often than others. I thought it was just special. Um, and then in the end, a late late goal from from Joe Cole. I'm going to go to Dicko here. Um, New Year's uh, New Year's Day, I pick up my newspapers, and there's uh, all these rumors uh, about Hodgson going and and Kenny Dalglish coming in as a coming in as a caretaker. Um, as far as you know, is this a realistic possibility?
4: Uh, I'm certainly hoping not for Liverpool's sake. Tony and I um, disagree on this one, but I mean, I, you know, Tony Barrett's done some excellent stuff on this, and he, he wrote um, with 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 great uh, authority on Saturday morning that you know, Hodgson is now a question of of when rather than if. Um, uh, but equally, he did write that. Um, uh that you know that that they realize that hodgson almost was 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 effectively a sort of caretaker type appointment it was done with a short term in mind rather than the long term and that they don't want to sort of lurch from from one caretaker to another um so that you know they've decided that hodgson is not the man for the future for them um but they would prefer that they win enough games that they can take take until the summer to find his successor. I see as much point in bringing Kenny Dalglish back as, as as Arsenal bringing George Graham back. He, you know, he was um, a very successful manager a, a, a very long time ago. Um, so to pick to, to appoint him is a complete sort of blindfold throw the dice. Um, doesn't make any sense. Um, they should they should stick with Hodgson. And and if if at the end of the season they decide to make that change, well. Um, so be it.
0: Whether it's Dalglish sure or not um, they, they really they, they need to act at Anfield and try and sort things out I mean the biggest shock for the Americans will be 9,000 empty seats um, the, the fact is um, Roy Hodgson was a bad appointment it's not working and the club's in decline in football you're either going backwards or forwards you never st- stay still and Liverpool are sliding backwards at the razor knots this is a this is a board, this is an ownership that doesn't know exactly what it wants uh, what, I think what's Shocked, at, shocked them more than anything is 9,000 empty seats on um, on New Year's Day at Anfield, which is which is unprecedented. Um, I think they um, clearly they were given signals last week um, towards the end of last week that they would remove Hodgson at the earliest opportunity. Uh, I think they've drawn back on that a little bit, and I think it suits them really because perhaps if they bring someone else in or even put a caretaker in, that people will be asking whether they're going spend money in the transfer window I think it might suit their purposes to let Lodge Hodgson limp till the end of January and there's the perfect excuse not to spend we're not giving this fella any money
3: because I don't think there is a lot of money available to be spent Everyone that. knows that Roy Hodgson including Roy Hodgson that Roy Hodgson is not even in the best case scenario in charge of player recruitment so how is keeping him till the end of January going to affect recruitment Daniel well, Demi Mollie is in charge well, It's of not that. but it gives you good cover doesn't it if you're not going to spend money the fans what money spent. I, think I think the th- fans, the Liverpool fans, are always telling us they're the most knowledgeable in the world. will will know that, that that's not Roy Hodgson's um, remit anyway. The All thing, right, is, one, uh, one uh,
4: thing uh, I like thats about, I mean, what they, I'm saying. There's, there's no, it's, I mean, I guess we shouldn't be shocked if if these guys know don't have a clue what they're doing. I mean, the fact is they've bought into a football club they've never dealt with in in. Uh, English sucker before. Um and I mean actually a pal of mine, um, I won't say from where, but I had a meeting, um, with them and um was uh, fairly struck by uh, how little they knew or just about the, the the business side of of, of English football. That's uh, never, That's never, true, mind yeah. nitty, never mind the never mind the nitty gritty of you know of, of who the best five coaches are uh, out there in uh, working in Europe, England, or anywhere else. Also, so, I mean, you yeah, know, we I, I guess to be to be blunt, we shouldn't we shouldn't be stunned if they're flailing around, not quite sure what to do. I mean, they're they're complete news, aren't they? Well,
2: okay, but first of all, mean, Roman Abramovich, uh, as far as I know, came in in uh, in 2000. 2003 had a lame duck manager finished second reached the uh, semi-finals of the Champions League and won the uh, uh, won the Premier League the year after that I, I think if you're a smart businessman and you appoint the right people you don't mm. necessarily need to have this this vast knowledge of um, or even love of, 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 of football I mean and we can debate whether Damien Kamali is the right is the right guy in this context but I I, I want to throw something else out because it, it, it's amazing. I mean, my my understanding, but it's partly deduction, partly what I've been told, is that the idea is, is, that, is as you said. I mean, unless Hodgson takes them into the relegation zone, he won't. He will stick around um, the rest of the season, but that afterwards they're, they're going to start moving for a new manager, and and you get these unusual names uh, coming out of Liverpool, which uh, almost as if like people are dying for like the next big thing, and mm. one of them, of course, Andre Villas Boas, who's yeah. in his who's in his first full season as a, as a manager at Porto, and. Uh, he used to work for some other manager who I won't name, but yeah. uh, he's he's of course he's undefeated uh, this year. Another one, speculation: Ralph Rangnick, who was at uh, at Hoffenheim, uh, he resigned um, bizarrely over the fact that the club sold uh, Gustavo without his knowledge, and now he gets mentioned. I, do we have any sense? What Kamoli and I'm assuming the club are going to turn to Kamoli for the next yeah. appointment. As I understand. What what the profile is? Are, are, is he looking for you know a forty something up and comer who's maybe young and enthusiastic and is going to bring something different, or is he looking for you know a proven? manager with a, with a proven CV who may demand more money to be spent? Do we have any idea?
3: Well, the, as I understand it, they've approached uh, only one substantial figure, Jurgen Klopp, the coach of Borussia Dortmund, who told them not to be so silly. I mean, I mean, it's, what, what are they going to say to him? Uh, we've got a team that's languishing in the second half of the English league, has got huge expectations, and for the last home game, 9,000 fans didn't turn up. I, I agree with you on one thing, he'd have to be criminally
0: insane to take the Liverpool job. I think there's the, the, the lowering of expectations that's gone on over the last year as, um has been amazing. I think Liverpool will be looking for someone who's fairly desperate to take a high-profile job. And I think th- I think the, the remit is to look for someone young and up-and-coming.
2: Um, uh, Dico, if you have to be criminally insane, as Tony says, to take the Liverpool job, are we assuming that A, Kenny Dalgleish is not interested in the Liverpool job, or B, that he's criminally insane?
4: Uh, I think we're assuming the latter. I mean, he's um, oh no, he's des- well, he's desperate to, to have his have his chance again, isn't he? Um, and um, there's the emotional side of it, uh, you know. That um, and you know, like a lot of these guys, you know, managers who sign bad boy players, um, despite everyone saying don't be criminally insane. Um, they they always there's there's part of them always thinks I can be the one, uh, and and the rewards for being that one are immense. Um. Financially, egotistically, etc., etc. So, you know, there's always someone out there who thinks, you know, if I just just imagine if I'm the person who gets Liverpool back on track, I'm, I'm a god, mm. and, and that's a heck of a, I mean, a heck of a lure for someone.
3: I mean, if Kenny Dalglish took over Liverpool tomorrow, results would improve immensely because there, what would there would be that bounce effect of uh, the um, of of the getting rid of the most unpopular manager. Probably, in history, I've never known such cruelty. Jacob, right, we're going to wrap this up by looking at the other manager
2: um, involved uh, at the weekend. There, um, was
4: there was another one.
2: He, there, there, there was, and he's he's actually he's actually pretty good. Uh, his name is Owen Coyle, and I, I mean I've waxed lyrical about him before, but I want to throw this slightly different. If if you were Owen Coyle, or if you were Owen Coyle's best mate, or his agent. I'm just wondering. Looking ahead, I mean, Guardside said, "Well, you know, we've got money problems and so on." You've got the team up into the, the top six or seven. How difficult do you think it's going to be to keep this team together, given that you've got people like, like, like Cahill and Elmander and, 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 and Stuart Holden, who are all gonna and oh, and, and CY Lee when he comes back, who, who are all going to have you know some kind of a market; they're going to be coveted by other. VoiceOver
0: describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
4: VoiceOver on settings.
0: So you can navigate it just by listening.
4: Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: Clubs, um, do you? I mean, how do you? How do you actually go and go and handle the situation?
4: Finances off the pitch of, um, I mean, I'm right. in thinking they've got the, you know, they've been um, uh, propped up, shall we say, for for some considerable time, um, uh, large debts. So you know, the, the fact is that the, there will be a temptation to cash in. Uh, you know, it's, it's not often that they are competing up in uh, seventh place. Um, as you say, f- favourable reports for some of their players. The temptation, to cash in, will be considerable. I mean, you know, if we're talking about sort of making the next step up in management, David Moyes has been. Trying to make that step up for the last five years, um, you know, having done some great work at Everton, and, and, and no one's given him much of a second glance. So you know, for for someone like Coyle, I, I'm, I'm almost sort of sounds strange to say, but almost fearful in, the, in, in a funny way because I I, I do see him. Sort of hitting hitting the the usual glass ceilings, getting frustrated, and it's why partly I'd like to actually see some of some of the the sort of promising British managers go abroad. Absolutely, Um, and and I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them chance chance their arm. I'm not saying that they're going to suddenly sort of get red carpet treatment out there, or or, um, you know, necessarily even Champions League experience. They're going to have to work to get that, but I'd like to see them try because uh, a lot of the doors are locked for them at the moment in England.
2: I I don't think it's. unreasonable to think that a job at Newcastle or Liverpool or Aston Villa might open up um, in the not so distant future, I mean, purely cynically, in the very real world, but
4: you're just, not yeah. money, how many of those clubs are going to throw throw money at it that's going to put them in you know top top five contention?
2: No, they, they, they may not do that, but as long as I mean, those three teams all clearly, I think, on paper have better squads than Bolton, and if he was to get a chance at one of those clubs and at least work with the guys who are already there, then presumably he could do you know he could overachieve again the way he's done at Bolton. But should Coyle maybe think that? Be a little bit cynical and uh, and try to put himself forward for these jobs. I mean, of course, when he left Burnley, he obviously showed uh, uh, an inclination to do that kind of thing before. I mean, I'm just curious in this idea of like, what should should a manager do? What's best for himself and for his career? Because, mm. you know, if the club's not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. But I mean, I think the best way to put yourself forward
0: for the big jobs Mm -hmm. is performances and and results. And I mean, uh, in many ways, um, you know, Bolton's performance uh, at Anfield on. you know New Year's Day wasn't um the, the best, but the, the, you know this fella's taken largely Gary Megson's team and he's transformed them. you know he's got something, and you know, I don't think anyone who supports a club would would feel too bad about him walking in um and through the doors at this moment. you know, I think I think he's got talent, and I, I'd love to see a young British manager kick on and become a success.
2: we're going to look back on 2010 and and look forward on on 20 uh, on 2011 now um and i just want to start with something very simple your highlight and your low light of 2010. mr matt dickinson your highlight
4: um, my highlight was any night I spent at the New Camp in Barcelona, um, a couple of spring to mind. I was watching um uh the, the Messi score four goals against Arsenal, um, just fantastic. And actually watching um a night when they didn't do so well, um, when uh, Mourinho knocked them out, um, of the Champions League but just um great drama, breathtaking. Mourinho on the charging across the pitch sprinkled it. I mean basically you, if you go to the new camp and come away underwhelmed then um you're not alive.
2: Well, or, or, or unless, of course, you went uh, on uh, on Sunday night when uh, they were awful against Levante, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, and that was 2011. To be fair, uh, your low light. Uh,
4: my low light was um, spending uh, five days in Zurich with the FIFA fat cats um, hanging around um, hotels, watching them gorge themselves. Um, I was cynical about FIFA before the World Cup bidding process. Um, I'm not sure I'll ever recover. Um, uh, from uh, drowning in cynicism that week um, Qatar 2022 will annoy me right until the moment that I'm sent out there all expenses paid to stay in a seven-star hotel in Doha and watch the tournament <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd argue with that but Jeff Thompson I'm sure no doubt appreciates your thoughts uh, Paddy,
3: your highlight Well, my highlight was, uh, I mean, at the risk of being repetitive, uh, it involved the camp now. And uh, I thought that Barcelona's performance in beating Real Madrid 5-0 was as good a a display of football as I've ever seen in my life. Ever in your life? Yes. No doubt. I mean, I can remember all the great performances I've seen. Uh, the previous best was uh, Milan uh, 4, uh, Real, Madrid, um, beg your pardon, Barcelona 0, the Johan Cruyff dream team put to the sword, in Athens in 1993 or 4, I can't remember which, in Athens. And, and, and I mean, that was that was the best club performance I'd ever seen before, but this was much better. This was... This was football perfection for me because it was all about possession, one touch. I mean, heavens! If somebody took two touches, it was amazing. I mean, it was it, it was it was just incredible. It was football as you dream about. The other highlight would be Germany for Argentina nil. To watch Germany emerge um, at the World Cup, uh, which was an otherwise fairly barren World Cup, as a team capable of dominating. Not only the next World Cup, but the one after that was very, very exciting. Except, especially as they played in such style. See, it's funny because for me that's one of the
2: lowlights, and not just because Germany won mm. and, and, and Diego Maradona went out of the tournament, but because of all those counter-attacking goals and scoring first and mm. ah, just seemed wrong.
3: But your lowlight. Lowlight was uh, in another Germany game, Germany against England, when Lampard's goal was disallowed. Now Kinda I jammy these Germans. When, huh? when, when? Well, they wouldn't say that. Those who can remember 1966 wouldn't say that but the the fact is i'm not never particularly bothered as a scotland supporter when england have a goal disallowed but that was just outrageous injustice and of course it made football look incredibly stupid when everybody all over the world could see that a goal had been scored uh, except the officials Uh, and the sooner we get video review of decisions such as that the better Tony, your highlight of 2010. Well, I think it was the World Cup. It was
0: Spain. Um, for me, it was the semi-final, Spain against Germany. I mean, two brilliant sides. The Germans set up, were or organised. That first half was unbelievable. You know, it was just, <laughs> just fantastic. But Spain, patience, prodders, you know, passed the ball around. And it was just a joy to watch. And and that, for me, would even, even outstrips um, the, the Barcelona-Real Madrid performance simply because Real Madrid were all over the place. Mourinho got tactics wrong. The Germans did everything they could. Uh, and, it it and really just, was the
2: unstoppable force it, against the immovable it, it, object. It was a joy to watch. <laughs> I, I, you I, probably don't want to know which BBC pundit texted everybody at halftime and said that this is the most boring game he's ever I, seen. Th- th- th-
0: there was that mood going on in the office at work and I was absolutely outraged. And, and your low light? The low light, well uh, it's, it's spending so much time talking about Hicks and Gillette and the Glazers and the financial side of football. In fact, it made what should have been a highlight when Hicks and Gillette were finally run out of the club, into just the end of a long, painful haul. And you know, so worn out and so tired of it all, it was hard uh, to even celebrate. So you know, it's uh, I, you know, it's just one of those things. I hate that side of the game, and I hate the way it's become so prominent. And sadly, I fear we'll still be talking about rubbish
2: like that in the next five years. Well, on that low note, let's move on to something more positive. What is our one glowing hope for 2011? Matt Dickinson.
4: Well, if uh, what is it to be an England fan other than to start each year with a ludicrous sense of optimism, um, uh, uh, only for it to be dashed inevitably somewhere down the line? But um, uh, so I start with my hope for 2011 to, to think that Fabio is going to um, revitalize our team, and um, we're going to see Adam Johnson and Walcott um, uh, sizzling down the wings. We're going to see Jack Wilshere brought into the midfield. Um, uh, spraying passes around um, we're going to somehow see Gareth Barry um, packed off uh, and we're going to see um, see the team not just qualify for Euro 2012 but do so with a little bit of style and, and panache um, it's probably too much to hope for but um, hey, say football is about hope
2: so just as an aside, it's it's kind of funny how like sort of people are fashionable for a few months. I I remember in September, October, everybody talking about Jack Rodwell this and Jack Rodwell that, and uh, he doesn't even get a mention from Dick. I'm sure that's an oversight because Jack Rodwell is a is a colossal in the new Duncan Edwards, right?
4: No, he's Jack Rodwell. I've never uh, bumped up his chances too much. I think he's uh, he's got the quality, but I mean, every time I speak to people at Everton, they say he's. Um, his first challenge is to get into their team regularly. So um, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep my uh, optimism in, in somewhere near the real world.
3: Paddy, your hope for 2011? Well, if we talk about optimism, all mine could be, uh, as far as players are concerned, could be crammed into the slim frame of Josh McEachran, who I find even more exciting than Jack Wilshere, the Chelsea midfield player. Absolutely marvellous. Whole field vision, two-footed. I just can't wait to see more of him. But my main hope is courtesy to referees. Sounds revolutionary, I know. Uh, But look at cricket. Look at the way cricket dealt with the ponting issue. Um, I mean, basically, peer pressure forced him to, uh, first of all, to apologise, then take his punishment, which I thought was a bit light. But it was perceived as something completely out of order and out of step. In football, it would have been considered very, very mild dissent. And that's how far out of step football is with the sporting world. So let's get on with that and sort it out. I'll throw my two cents in there just because I
2: can. Um, I'm all for that as long as we reward good referees and punish bad referees and recognize that, yes, they all make mistakes, but some are better than others. Mm. Um, Tony, your highlight for 2011.
0: Well, I'm I'm hoping that you know sort of the focus on the game will shift less from money and more onto glory. The game's about glory, and the game's about irrational, uh, irrational belief and love. And you know, and you know, I'd, I'd love to get back to just a, a, a simple game where it's all about players and it's all about. Um, and it's all about what happens on the pitch, it'll never happen, so you know.
4: Tony, Tony, you're going to love my column about financial fair play tomorrow.
0: Well, I I always love your column, Matt, so it's uh, a, yes, definitely. It's the year of
4: accountancy, it's the year of financial fair play, it's the year of accountancy.
0: Well, you know what, financial fair play, in theory, might be the thing that does bring this quest for glory back. I'll believe Uh, it when I see it, but we can all hope.
2: Well, I I haven't expressed a highlight and a low light, but I will uh, express a hope for 2011, which is that um, while we remain as passionate as as we always have been, we don't Sort of conflate people with their performances, and so if a player plays badly, it's not because he's a bad person, um, or, or or is lazy or is selfish. One of the things which made me most angry was some was was, was remember that MP who who after the um, after McLaren's last game against Croatia came out and, and and had some kind of thing in Parliament where he, he questioned the he questioned the, the, the players' heart, their patriotism, their love for their country. Let's just go and judge performance and accept that you know, and, and not make personal judgments about people based on their performance. We can make personal judgment if they take bungs or lie or cheat or whatever else, but 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 not based on their performance. Yeah,
4: mm. yeah. Wise, wise words. Wise Thank words. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. I feel a warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs>
2: Okay, just because we've all been sort of warm and fuzzy and hopeful, let's uh, dampen the mood uh, with some quick hits. Chelsea score what should have been an injury time winner, only for Villa to claw back an injury time equalizer in a dramatic 3-3 draw at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Patty, if uh, Carlo Ancelotti thought he was out of the woods, well, he isn't. But is his glass half full or half
3: empty? I would say half full, after all. I mean, the man won the double, uh, or his team won the double uh, only a few months ago. Uh still got a just about an outside chance in this league which is a it's a kind of a bit of a slow race uh they've got a real chance i think still in the champions league as lampard regains fitness which will take a while as essien regains fitness which is taking too long but uh you know that's still a good squad (coughs) conclude in other words half full
2: Birmingham City lose 3-0 at home to Arsenal, but Alex McLeish is furious at some of the officiating, particularly Robin Van Persie's tumble when in close proximity to one Scott Gann. yeah, we've had this point of diving, but I'm just wondering, why does stuff like this happen? And by this, I mean, why does Van Persie go down untouched? And uh, um, why does... Peter Walton or his assistants. Why do they not see it? And did you ever dive when you played football?
4: <laughs> I was never good enough even to dive. Um, Van Persie, if I remember rightly, is the guy who once said, um, I, you know, quite blatantly uh, without um, any apology, said I exaggerate fouls. You know, I get fouled enough, so when I do get, get any kind of contact, then I'm going to go for it. Um, in this case, I'm not even sure what he was exaggerating, but I mean he's. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, that's, the, that's the rule of the jungle, basically. Strikers are going si- to steal an advantage when they can, and it requires better officiating to stop
2: it. See, that's what happens when hippie artists are allowed to raise children, like in Robin Van Persie's parents' case. Lots of reports linking David Beckham to a move to Tottenham. Uh, Harry Redknapp says he's keeping an open mind. Uh, Tony, is this just what Spurs need, or is it a purely commercial deal? ka
0: Um Yeah, um, I think uh, they'll benefit more from shirt sales than anything else. But I thought it was really interesting uh, what he said, you know, when he said, he said, um, I've only got Lennon to play wise on the right. He said, because David Bentley keeps picking up mysterious injuries on a Friday morning. And I thought, <laughs> whoa. So it's, um, but no, I think um,
2: it won't hurt them, that's for sure. I have no idea where he's going to fit into the team. Uh, West Ham, bottom at Christmas, are now out of the relegation zone. Patty, are you starting to believe in the trinity of Karen and the two Davids? Or is it down to Amazing Avram? Oh
3: well, I mean, this is all about Avram. It would have been all about it would be all about Avram if they were losing every game, uh, and and was when it when that was the case. Um, so obviously he is responsible for the excellent form of West Ham now, and and long may it continue. they they're playing with spirit, just as Portsmouth did last season
2: and it's uh, probably also playing bad teams also helps Uh, Manchester City are level on points with their cross town rivals but uh, Dicko they seem to have a knack for making life very difficult on Saturday they squeezed out a 1-0 win over Blackpool when in reality they probably should have scored 10 Um, in light of this do they look like potential champions to you
4: uh, well, I'm not sure any team looks like potential champions to me in this season, that's that's the weird thing about it, but I mean, you know, are they championship contenders um, in this season? Yes, they undoubtedly are. They're they're up there, obviously United have got a couple of games in hand, but they're in there fighting, they've got a chance if they sign, I mean, are a completely unknown quantity for them, will he fit in straight away? Um, but yes, contenders, yes, likely champions, no.
2: Sepp Blatter is setting up a blue ribbon anti-corruption committee at FIFA. And Matt Dickinson tweeted yesterday that it was too little, too late. Tony, do you agree with uh, Dicko? (laughs) Sepp Blatter, (laughs) anti-corruption. I'm going to kill myself.
3: (laughs) Anyway, Gab, one for you. Jose Mourinho has revealed that Gonzalo Higuain will be out for six months, up to six months. Are Real Madrid going to be hitting the January sales? Um I expect they uh, they pretty much need to because they only have
2: one center forward and Karim Benzema and he's not exactly Mourinho's cup of tea. They have another kid Alvaro Morata but he's just 18 years old and I think he's played uh, one more game for Real Madrid than I have this season. Um it, 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 the backdrop to this is that this is a power play also from Mourinho towards the club. He was very critical because the club initially said that Iguain wouldn't need any kind of surgery, um, and now of course he does. Uh, not, so Mourinho seems vindicated. Um, I think what he's going to do is he's going to look for a, a short-term solution, um, possibly maybe Emmanuel Adebayor on loan, um, somebody fitting that profile, or possibly bring a youngster like uh, Romelu Lukaku over early. But that's a big gamble because he's still. 17 years old. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Game Podcast. In the meantime, you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find all your news, your gossip, your analysis. Also, you can enjoy our web chats. I do mine on Mondays, Patty's is on Tuesdays, and Ollie Kay's is on Wednesday. And, of course, don't forget, you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm on there at Marcotti, Patty's on there at P. Barkley Times, and Dicko's on there at Dickinson Times. And, of course, so is Ollie K., who's on some well-earned rest right now. But if you really want to look him up, you can find him at Oliver K. Times. We'll be back next Monday taking a look at all the action from the third round of the FA Cup. Thanks so much for your time. We'll catch you next week. Till then, toodalee.